What is it? Uh, well, it's called a uh, randomizer, and it's fitted to the guidance systems and operates under a very complex scientific principle called potluck. Now, no one knows where we're going. Not even the Black Guardian. Not even us. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Randomizer Podcast. I am Tim. Yay, and I'm Chaz. We're 21! 21. In America, we're legal to drink. Yeah, we might need it. Yeah. So, we have just watched Flux Chapter 2 and we loved it. We're it so was excited. Great. I can't believe it. I'm being positive. How fucking weird is this? I think I was so so anxious that when I sent you my little reaction emoji... You were shitting yourself. Did you come back with Oh, it's fucking crap! <laughs> yeah, exactly that. No, I, I'm at least as delighted that you loved it as yeah. I am that I loved it. Um, no, great fun. We've just rewatched it together yep. and just still holding up very nicely. Mm. Oh, very much. Uh, great effects. Looked looked absolutely beautiful as you quoted uh, about the explosion of the the ship oh, I think in Liverpool I think that is genuinely the best ever visual effect I've seen in Doctor yeah. Who was the crash of the Sontarans yeah, ships it was Docks. it was oh, wonderful Sontarans were brilliant and it that just the right balance of evil and funny mm-hmm. because the sort of evilness the lines like you know your bodies will cushion our footfall yeah. or whatever it was it's so fucking good you and, know that's great such dialogue it wasn't kind of cliched yeah pompous it was mm. you know evil poetry. really good dialogue <laughs> Characters I really enjoyed. We had three storylines going. None of them felt boring. None of them felt, you know, jarring or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was interested in all three storylines. Yep. Carbonista, again, is becoming my favourite fucking Doctor Who character. <laughs> He's just great. I love him. I love Dan. Dan, I thought, in the first episode, I really liked him, but he was set up to be too nice. But no, Dan is clever, Dan's resourceful, and he's just bloody funny. He's also just, he's seen some real horror now. The execution scene in the Liverpool docks, you really see the effect it's having on them, having to watch that. And if it was the Doctor, you'd think they'd be like banging the walk and Mm. distracting the Sontarans. Yeah, you did did get the impression that they were going to, he was going, but what could he do? He's a human, he's paralysed. Doesn't know what to do, and it's too late. They're dead. Yeah. Although oh. he, if he had distracted them, they probably wouldn't have hit him because the Sontarans can't shoot for shit in this. Episode. Oh god, no! They've obviously been trained by stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> why did we never meet anyone who can shoot straight? <laughs> I did love the scene inside the ship. You know, first of all, he obviously the Doctor and and it just magically seemed to sort of you know uh, hook up the Bluetooth or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is rather brilliant. Well, I guess that's I, the communications hub between the yeah, different time yeah. zones. Cause Cause t- yeah, because it is a temporal command ship. They, yeah. did, they did say that. But I did like the thing about, oh, I was trying to get to whatever pier it was. Mm. And then he bashes the sun down with his magic <laughs> Can't walk. Can't believe it fell for the, your yeah. bosses over there. Like. Yeah, and then the the, the next log come in and he tries to use tries the, the same, same excuse. I honestly, I had seen the picture of the walk on Twitter. Yeah. But I had assumed that that had been photoshopped. I I just thought that there was some other action pose or he was well, holding I mean, something else and somebody had photoshopped a walk. It thing. had been photoshopped about a hundred times. People had photoshopped different other things stuff. into his hands. Yeah, but so, I didn't think the walk was real. Yeah. <laughs> so it did seem implausible that it was going to be a fucking walk. Yeah. But yeah. I loved it. It was just, it was, it reminded me of Donna, although she did get a hammer, which was probably more. Mm. But 
it just was so just silly and yeah, fun, the right sort of you know? Doctor Who silly. That's what I'm saying. You know, the balance was great. It was it was a sort of romp pomp mm-hmm. because you had a decent balance of comedy, action, and you know some pretty serious drama going on. High stakes romp. Yeah. Oh, what else have I noted down? Um, I liked the jokes. I, th- I think. Um, yeah. The tempura temporal one oh, was right was on good. the edge, I but liked it was that. great. Good yeah. fun. Um, what else? I've got. Um, I, I, it's not so much a joke, but just some really nice lines. Like, uh, are you expecting a response to your music? <laughs> that was good. I liked the one about uh, you know when the Suntans explaining why he's here, and he said, no, "I wanted to ride a horse." I know that was just brilliant. Because <laughs> we all thought the photo of the Suntan and the horse. Was yeah, really. Good. I actually, it was um, when I watched it. Uh, I actually laughed out loud at that yeah, bit because yeah. I thought that's fantastic. I, I really liked repair must not be undertaken by idiots. Yeah, and um, oh, talking of idiot, uh, you're welcome. Idiot when uh, Carbonista reappears, yeah. hit the road, skack. That's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's pushing it. Yeah, yeah. But no, some great dialogue. Really, you know, both in terms of the kind of the humorous dialogue and also, like you said, hmm. this, the Sontarans gloating, yeah, warlike yep. dialogue. So good. I love Dan's parents. I thought they were great. They were uh, a bit much for me, but only just. You didn't spoil anything. Yeah, that's... one was a regular in Brookside. I mm-hmm. think the other one was in Bread, but I'm not. A hundred percent sure but right. it was just nice to see them and they were sort of it was just very Liverpudlian mm. you know that whole thing I did say to you earlier that I had this idea that if they had managed to change the course of time could you imagine things like uh, the liver birds where you've got <laughs> the and you've got Suntarans in the in the title sequence oh, I was Garden Liverpool Docks or something live to the studio for Top of the Pops featuring the Fab Four John, Paul, George and Strax yeah you know, I mean um, Richard and Judy used to film from Liverpool Docks and they had the weatherman who nobody wants to mention because he went to jail but you oh. could have had Strax the Suntaran jumping across the map today the rain will fall on your puny human heads <laughs> Okay, so Atropos, the temple mm-hmm. of Atropos. Atropos yeah. is one of the goddesses um, of fate, one of the fates mm-hmm. in Greek mythology. There's obviously some sort of seeding going on there. Planet mm-hmm. Time, which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense of next week's episode mm-hmm. title, Once Upon Time. Mm-hmm. So we are thinking there's quite strong signposting that this might be the planet of the origin of the timeless children. Yeah, they did mention that the guardians were sort of there to keep balance of time etc yeah. time is evil and it will find its it will find its kin or something yeah we're getting strong sapphire and steel vibes yes yeah, there was know, a lot of that yeah. yeah it's really good stuff and we were saying that swarm is just a natural villain he's, he's so, so suave sort of and yeah yeah just comes in owns the room yep. completely the minute he enters, very good performance. The phrase that popped into my head was, there's a real character under the monster. Yeah, yeah. he's and a very much a classic Doctor Who villain as well. You're still on the edge of your seat because they're so dangerous. Yeah, as well. yeah, you absolutely. Know, you could absolutely believe when he grabs Yaz that oh, that yeah, be it. Yeah. I think he's going to be one of those villains that, even if he's only used in this story, he'll endure. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's class act, lovely stuff, brilliant performance. Just, I, I I like it when 
you know, because villains they so easily fall into this. Everything I say is hmm. super important crap, and yeah. it just wears thin very quickly. Yeah. But there's such kind of variation and subtlety yeah. in the way that he's being played. Really loving that performance. I think mm. Azure's performance is suffering a little by comparison. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame, but it's it's She's only in, in his shadow, as it were. Yeah. It's like you know, you're you're standing next to somebody who's yeah. just knocking the. Out and the then of course we've got the bodyguard that looks like Thanos. What is going on there? I mean, last time we saw them, right? Diana Diane was in the spooky house, and there they were. So I was like, have they put Diane in a silly suit? But my other thought is that, given the sort of physicality, it's built like a shit brick house. Um, yeah. um, but is it Ikarnos? Who could it be? It could be anything. Actually, also, with Planet Time, I have a theory. Yeah. So the Doctor arrives and says, oh, the temporal and spatio-temporal coordinates are at zero. So that's like the beginning of time mm. and the middle of space. Oh, God. It's the Big Bang. No. That's no. where Terminus uh, is. No, 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 Carbon no, no. must be the Garm. Oh, Jesus. If episode six is called Nyssa, then... <laughs> She's at the heart of it. It's Nyssa. She's the she's the whole fucking thing. The whole thing is a malfunctioning ion bonder. <laughs> I'm not very good at telebiogenesis. <laughs> Her greatest line. Oh, so what else? What else? What else? Oh, the spooky house at the start. Oh, that was amazing. That was long barrel, yeah, if yes. you ask me. It's got to be long that kind barrel. Of weird sort of impossible topography and yeah. floating in the air. That was so good, and I'm glad they've done it in black and white. It was great, it wasn't it? Yeah, it looked amazing. Really good. Yeah. And, and the spooky forest as mm, well, you know? Just a lovely kind mm. of opener. And, you know, they throw in these kind of asides and flashbacks. And yeah. the way the Timeless Children had the whole Ireland thing but that was sort of too much mm. and never really tied in. Yeah. These are seeded in really nicely. See, that island thing in the Timeless Children would have been great if they did just sort of like, seeded it in yeah. properly. Or you'd had just... the sense of, I said this yeah. before, you had the sense that the Doctor was experiencing it in any way, mm. Mm. whereas now you absolutely do. Yeah. Jodie's being pulled Oh, yeah, into yeah, these because that, that whole thing at the very start of the first episode about psychic connection. Yeah, and blah, in blah, and blah. out of her eye and that yeah. amazing shot last time. It's yeah. great. So the sideburns is back, wandering around <laughs> planet time. Yeah, and this is what you were saying before about Yaz. The way she spoke to him, she spoke to him as a police officer. She calmed him down. She shared empathy with him and, you know, took charge of the situation. She's coming into her own, isn't she? Exactly. And if they'd done this at the start, I mean, she was a police, she is a police officer. Yeah. That would have made Jazz far more interesting yeah. and far more useful. Well, about time. But and I loved her and Vinder. It was yeah. So- Immediately, the, the two of them had more chemistry than her and Toast and Cole ever had. I watched Vinder and I thought, in space of ten minutes... I liked him more than I ever liked Tosin Cole's character. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not necessarily saying anything against the actor. I just think it was so poorly written mm-hmm. compared to what we're getting. Yeah, and I loved how they kind of... Uh, Yaz's kind of response to the formal intro was yeah, quite sweet. that was nice. Yeah, I liked that. Just real wit, and that's yeah. such a joy to see. W... Uh, no, what was it? Oh, WWTDD. W-W-T-D. <laughs> yeah, if you can't get WD40, that'll do Yeah. Now that that was um, at first uh, my eyesight, I just saw a, a bunch of random numbers. <laughs> so I never really. Like, she got her phone number on her hand. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but 
that was quite fun. And the way that Swarm sort of, you know, done it and all that, it was just so dripping with menace. It's a clever bit of writing because yeah. Swarm's straight to something personal mm. that she's, you know, undermines her confidence that she's been showing. And also, how long has she had that written around? <laughs> yeah, At you, what point you, was that po- written? You postulated whether it was a tattoo. Oh, then or he says it's written in pen, so <laughs> there goes that theory. But I think maybe it could be like a drunken girls' night out and they got oh, a tattoo. Oh, God, oh, mate. Yeah, I'm going to get a tattoo. If we, we haven't seen Jodie's palm recently. Maybe she's got WWYD. See, I actually entertained the idea it was a tattoo because they'd been to Liverpool, so you know maybe they'd had a night out in Liverpool and fuck, you know what happens in Liverpool stays in Liverpool. I don't know anyone named Ruby. <laughs> Yeah. No, Sideburns, the Victorian guy. Is it Victorian? Mm. Am I getting the right year? Yeah, yeah. Sure uh, 1820. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mm. So, okay. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting, a little kind of cameo almost, and he's kind of very confused. He's going to be important. Things. I think we'll get the story. We obviously will get that story. I think it'll be yeah. probably episode four or five. Do you think we'll... he's left the building, or is he going to jump out from behind a, a triangle and clobber <laughs> well, swarm next week? Well, Next week, I mean, we're not going to go too much into next week, but we did watch the the next time, and there seems to be a lot of time jumps happening because yeah. Yaz and the police officer's yeah. outfit and a general well, or something up like Vinder's boss. Some yeah, so I suspect we'll get a lot of snippets next week. And, and we saw Carbonista after a shave. We saw the actor that plays Carbonista. Yeah. Who played Dan's mate in the intro to Dan at the end of Revolution of the Daleks? He wasn't. He didn't look particularly human, did he? He was dressed up more like. Yeah, another... he was, he seemed to have a suit jacket with no shirt and the hairstyle. Yeah, and it did look like uh, Swarm's jacket a uh, little. I so, thought he was Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> well, it could be. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I mean, I'm not, as I say, it's pretty hard to speculate. Mm. Uh, but I think Once Upon Time probably means we're going somewhere around, you know... Time jumps. Time jumps, yeah. division. So this could be flashback timeless. to Vinder's yeah. backstory. Who knows? Yeah. The Santaran's nicely brutal. Oh, well, yeah. The execution scene at the docks really laid that Fantastic. out. Fantastic. And I, I wondered if it was going to be turn out to be Dan's mum and dad. That would have been really <sighs> difficult. I think that would have been a bit too yeah, it would have dark. Maybe, but it would have been good. It would have been yeah. hard for Dan to recover from that yeah. in anything. I think the makeup effects on Santaran's, they look yeah. great. They the, really did. In the so armor. In I'm so pleased they went back to the original design. I've got nothing against the way they looked in um, Suntaran Stratagem and clean. things, but it's just too clean. So and you I, like your Suntarans dirty? I do. I like them dirty. There's our title. <laughs> <laughs> you like your Suntarans dirty. <laughs> Dan is explicitly invited aboard the TARDIS again. That's true, time. yeah. Dan and Carvanista, grudging respect oh, between them now. Nice so banter. Good. And they have got a sort of Bostock and Orsini <laughs> thing going on, <laughs> which Maybe. was Eric Sayward, but he yeah, was he trying, was mirroring trying to be Holmes. Yeah, uh, I, I like Carvanista shaking himself dry. I would have loved a wet dog smell joke at that point. <laughs> That was yeah. You've got the grudging respect going on. Well, there's thing. one I only um, got the second time round. Is Carvanisa's entrance line was, "I've got a human in this fight. I've got a dog in this fight." It yeah, click yeah. the first time. No, it's good. It's actually difficult to find anything to criticise about. It. I, I think. Can't. No, I know, I know, and I think I know what it might be. 
and I I agree slightly. You don't know I, what I'm going to say. Okay, I'm going to guess that you're talking about the Sontaran battle. Yeah, all right. And you got me. when the sort it's of a the troops came out. And mm. for all the glory of that one with the crash in the Mercy Docks, this was mm. a very weak shot with a very obviously CG Sontaran army and even the commander, I think, with yeah. a CG figure. But I guess like, it's maybe that we're just seeing the places where the money ran out and maybe that's mm. also what was up with the pre-titles to, last to time. To be, yeah, possibly. To be fair, we're not talking about the overhead shot. It's the pre-battle moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The actual overhead shot looks great, yeah, and amazing. the actual battle where the the Crimean. <laughs> I thought the Crimeans were rubbish. Yeah, they, they were a bit crap. They looked just they? yeah. yeah. But the, it's too much of a coincidence that the Crimeans would be an alien race that happened to have a flag that's exactly uh, like the Union Jack. Well, yeah. you know, uh, but no, the soldiers when they were attacking the Suntarns, I mean, they were just getting slaughtered, mm. obviously, and it just was that's delicious. Brutal. You get this thought of like World War One and the generals just ordering soldiers to a certain. Mm. The history of that kind of crap. You know, it's that it's that, obviously it? and the commander is obviously a fucking arsehole. I think he was anyway. playing dead, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it it was. It was it was horrific and the you know, the poem um Alfred Tennyson, you know, uh Charles of the Light Brigade, it's a very emotional poem. To the sh- to my shame I didn't get the reference. No, no, you me. know, half a league, half a league, half a league gone. Now, huh? Yeah, uh into the valley of death rode the six hundred cannons to the left of me, cannons to the right of me. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Exactly. I just slightly miss the original Sontaran handguns, you know, the lighty up pencil ones. I just, <laughs> Maybe you said. I always like guns that don't look like guns. Anyway. No, I, I I prefer my militaristic monsters to have <laughs> big guns that obviously are uh, are obviously an excuse for having small penises. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, sense. you would think as a clone species, they would genetically splice <laughs> their penises to be enormous because... Obviously, now we've realised that Sontarans are actually Scottish. In fact, so wouldn't they go into battle naked? For all we know, what's sticking out the top of the helmet is the penis. <laughs> I mean, the commander... They could literally be dickheads. <laughs> the commander... <laughs> He's a Scottish actor, isn't he? Yeah, he's a Scottish you, actor. You pointed this out to me, and yes, now I can only be a Scottish, and the entire Sontaran race seem like Scottish bamboos. Yeah, to me. but You've it's, ruined it. It's so weird because you listen to it, yeah. right, and he's basically talking, but you can hear occasionally the words. He's a Scottish accent yeah. comes through. Well, now that Jody until... did the Sontarans cause the flux news going, no, it wasn't the Ashen. <laughs> <laughs> and it does eventually feel like he's going to go, Greg, I do it! <laughs> so the McCrimians do it. Kind of the McCrimians. Wouldn't it be great if he just got a big cutlass? Ah, you fucker! <laughs> he said they'll be back. He never told really out, you know. <laughs> So what else? Dan trying to call Diane when he gets home. It's a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, keeping yeah. that little That was quite spinning. sweet. Swarm and Zero just continue to be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that was a great cliffhanger, actually. Mm. Although I do think uh, the one <laughs> thing that ruined the entire episode for me, I'm sorry, but it was good up to this point, in which point it just became absolute garbage. Uh, Swarm and his sister doing the countdown to Yaz, and then he went, with a pair of fucking gloves on that's not possible I'm sorry but I had the same problem with Thanos and the click you can't do a fucking click with gloves on maybe he did it with his tongue yeah <laughs> yeah fair, fair point I, I think um, the timing of that the build up to that is really really it good it is very I'm, I'm, good it was so exciting Glo- gloves aside yeah <laughs> 
and um, yeah, I feel genuine, even though we've seen Yaz in the trailer yeah, for next time. I mean, time. we obviously know. Mind you, it could be flashback. Yeah, it could so be. She but, could still be yeah. um Indeed. Yeah. Well, maybe, I suppose, the time pouring through them could well, be what sends them through Well, that's what, me, yeah. and maybe it's sort of, it's like Clara in some ways, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. you know different the versions, vortex. because if she's a police officer and some general in the division. Oh, yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of really weird and wonderful stuff in that little... Uh, mm. coming up next time moment. Oh, Dan opening the Sontaran door. He, he definitely does a Spock hand, doesn't he? <laughs> that was great. I wanted oh, him to say live long and prosper. Yeah. I often wonder why the Sontarans don't have some sort of security print on their fucking doors because <laughs> anybody can open them. Uh, the arrogance. Mary Seacole was great, but hmm? sort of slightly diminished quite quickly well, just being a, an maybe, assistant. Maybe, but I also quite like, because what I used to like about the pseudo-historicals was you might have a historical historical character but they weren't the complete focus of the episode mm-hmm. the plot was and they were part of the episode but not as I say the focus whereas recently we've had a lot of historical characters who've been the complete focus mm. of the episode and that's not a bad thing it's just nice to see you know um, her helping along being part of it still being celebrated but we're actually getting things going on. No mind wiping, mind you, eh? No. Mm. Although, the return of the deadly finger, uh, one finger can be a deadly weapon. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, Judy knocks pinky. out the, the guard with a pinky. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I think we'd talked about that at some point in the past, about <laughs> maybe being a step too far in survival when the Doctor knocks out Sergeant Patterson. A little bit, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I'd, ra- I'd much rather that than like them clobbering them over the head or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of the biggest... I know it's in a sort of fantas- a fantastical context, but it's one of the biggest, I think, things that TV suggests regularly across many that genres. That can is, whack somebody yeah, over the head. And they and get is, up and they're a bit groggy a bit later. Without... Yeah, because I got mugged years ago. And, no, yeah, no, genuinely. This I, isn't about the mutants. <laughs> no. Okay. No, I got mugged genuinely years ago and I had a bottle smashed over my Shit. head and I was actually unconscious for about an hour. Or, well, you know, in and out. And I got taken to hospital mm. and it took, uh, you know, I was sort of got concussion and it was bloody scary. Yeah. From TV, you'd expect you'd be up and about and rubbing your head and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd just, oh, well, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. So I think. Chris Chibnall is clearly thriving in a longer form story. Yeah, Isn't we it? were so much better. We were talking about that um, nights uh, in terms of Broadchurch. He obviously gets a uh, time to tell a story, mm-hmm. and maybe this is where it's all falling down for him. He just can't tell a story quickly. In, quickly, yeah. he needs a bigger canvas to work on. I'm not using that as a, oh, well, it's been fine, you know, because he's a writer. Yeah. He should be able to, to write adapt. To yeah, but it's made me think but, that you'll have certain strengths and certain weaknesses. And, you know, they set up the format of the new series with mostly single mm. stories within the 45, 50-minute episode. Yeah. And maybe that's not to everybody's strengths. And so, actually, more two-parters, a longer-form series like this, it's glorious if it oh, yeah, true. strong. But you would also think that, he would realise this and maybe employ other writers, you know, to, do the quick to stuff. take more of that mm. and him to do maybe a bit more of the two-part or yeah. something, you know. Do you know if Chris uh, writing all the specials that are still to come? 
I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah. I know that um, not next week's episode, but the no, week after one, yeah. is the one where Maxine Alderton, is it? And that's the Angels episode. Yeah. So, as I say, I have lots of hope for that one and obviously a lot of fear because if it's disappointing, <laughs> you know, I'll be doubly disappointed. Yeah, true. It's a very solid second episode, yeah. very difficult second album yes. as it were. Uh, something crystallised for me which is slightly sad is that I, I think just not enjoying some of Jodie's work on this mm. now, I loved a lot of the mannerisms yeah. like the finger in the air when she's wielding the sonic <laughs> to make the parley noise and the tongue poking out and firing the catapult, just glorious yeah. lots of great stuff but mm. some of the bigger reactions feel too big to me and I, just, I think I could want for more nuance and I that's, th- it's not, yeah. it's it's mm. not by any means me going, ah, it's rubbish, but it's mm. just, I think, a slight sort of settling into something I've maybe not wanted to think, but which is, yeah, the, yeah it's just not my favourite performance. I'm of the opinion that I've got no great problem with Jodie. I don't think she's up there with any of the great doctors. Mm. I don't think I've ever thought that. I think her performance is quite good. In the past, we've had crap scripts, obviously, but... Uh, I don't think we've got that excuse here. I think they're good scripts, good direction, decent dialogue, and she's not quite stepping up to the plate. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of a shame, and I don't want it to come across as, oh, well, that means Jodie's shit. I don't <laughs> believe that. I don't no, think she is. And I was very happy, and I'm still very happy that she's the doctor for the yes. moment. It's not the whole performance. No. It's just elements of the performance. Yeah. This was a tiny, tiny little drip in what was genuinely a thrilling and really lovely episode of Doctor Who. I was yeah. so happy with it. And then next time, Weeping Angel in the Wing Mirror. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. I liked that. Very excited about next time. A man is the sum of his memories, you know, a time lord even more so. It's time for Your Cheating Memory, which is the part of the show where we revisit an old Doctor Who episode randomly generated by the randomizer.net and see what we think of it. So, we picked a Tom Baker, The Leisure Hive, last time. Oh, right. It was that one I'd forgotten. (laughs) It was long ago. Yeah. You know, we were younger then. What did we think of The Leisure Hive? Do you know what? I haven't seen that in years. It's not one that... It's one of those ones that I never choose. Mm -hmm. Because although there's a lot to like in season 18, it's not a season I've revisited. It's the end of the season that gets all the glory, isn't it? But it was fun mm-hmm. it was really damn good yep. i loved as i said i loved how stupid it was the the excuse for getting rid of canine or chucking the ball so into the quickly <laughs> and the fact that we traveled to another planet and romana didn't get out of her bathing costume mm-hmm. that was fucking weird but uh, as you could really tell that they were this is a new production oh, crew yeah. and everything. We are wanting to be very modern and whatever, so we had a lot of Quantel mm-hmm. effects and things. It was really cool, the Formazi. Mm-hmm. The the faces, not the rest of the body, but yeah. the Formazi heads were great. Yes. Um, it was a good script, uh, good acting. I love David Haig playing, mm. uh, playing a villain without a moustache <laughs> uh, uh, and a pot belly. 
What's Good. that reference to? Ten Brew Way. Oh, he's, he's, the, he's the kind of copy takes all too seriously, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. But um, no, I mean it was it was really fun. I think one of my favourite bits is when the Fomazi government turned up and put his translator on news. Hello, and he <laughs> sounded he sounded like Mister Chumley Warner. I thought it was so bizarre tonally. He, he was, walks in and goes, "Did somebody mention Fomazi?" <laughs> It's like the fun's coming in. Yeah, it, but it really did feel like, you know, he should have a bowler hat or something on. Oh, that was strange. It was so odd to the rest of it. it oh, wrap it up it quick. funny. And the costume, the, the makeup design, and the Formazi, of course, uh, are forerunners to uh, the Slovene. They really are, aren't they? Yeah. Squeezing into human skins, and um, it's a faction within mm. the, the planet. Yeah, not again, it's a fam- family, family rather yeah. than a... I guess you Fumazi know, being the anagram of mafioso. Mafioso, yes. Yeah, family things there. Yeah, you're going to do it for the family. So I love, I love that theme in those titles. They they were the ones I mainly grew up with. Mm. They were the titles and themes. Oh, yeah, the Peter Howell theme mm. is is a work of art. And the title sequence, I have very, very fond memories of that sort of neon. And it was also very exciting with our... Yeah. When it starts, I had a seven inch single of that <laughs> yes. that I bought at Madame Tussauds display when um, I was taken there. I, I spent my pocket money on it and uh, I had this single for years that I played until basically my aunt wanted to kill me. It was great. I really, it was really nice nostalgia feeling mm. to. To see that one again. Um, and this turns out to be, which I had no memory of at all, it's the end of the story of the randomizer. Not the podcast, dear <laughs> listener, don't panic. But yeah, they, they're talking about bypassing the randomizer. There's a great line that I'm going to have to use. Next time you complain about what it comes up with, there's a line about, you must. it's very foolish to bypass the randomizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're waiting now for me to do that so you can use that fucking trap. now, you can't do it. <laughs> I, uh, I remember the music fondly because I had mm. it on one of the Oh yeah, the electronic music Mm. and stuff. I mean, that was that became very iconic Mm. for that era, anyway. But the the sort of big marchy theme towards the end is a definite riff on the whole planets, Mars. Visual effects and makeup are wonderful. Yeah, it was. The costume designs were beautiful. Yeah, it? like you say, the Famazi's bodies yeah. were kind of I'm a bit not more baggy so much them, things. but the Argolan's costumes and things and hairstyles and everything. It was it was quite a unique take on an alien race and the pallor of the skin. You know that sort of greenish, and then when the leader was dying, you know how sort of how they grade the skin and yeah. everything. It was very no, it was good. good I did say, though, that the cast of uh, The Leisure Hive looked as if afterwards they were going on to uh, on to do sort of a stint in Broadway and Wicked. <laughs> it's, it's a design that looks like most of the departments are working in the same direction mm. and really, yeah. you know, the, the kind of colour palette of the planet and the yeah. model shots, the makeup and the, the costumes and all of that stuff. There's lots of humorous touches even amidst the sort of nuclear wasteland. <laughs> scarf yeah. jokes dragging that giant thing you called yep. it a giant jelly baby which I yeah loved. oh that was great the lawyer character is called clout with a k <laughs> that's a legal yeah, clout that was wonderful <laughs> the model uh, the model fakes were great actually yep. i was really uh, i was really impressed with Couldn't the quite. desert sort of wasteland things i was getting a robots of death vibe mm, from it but but that's mainly because of the sand and stuff i couldn't quite make sense of the shots of the spacecraft docking it was a mm. bit too abstracted but yeah i just uh, i just really enjoyed watching mm. it the sequence uh 
all the kind of the music and everything coming together really nicely and that's great great stuff david Haig, as you say doing good work yeah i mean he's sort of he's antagonistic to begin with but mm. he is slowly going it mad grows over grows. the episode yeah you, you believe that trajectory i yeah. think by yeah. the end. He had a better trajectory of madness than, say, Daenerys Targaryen did <laughs> in the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. That one people will like. No, good stuff. Really enjoyed the Leisure Hive. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, I kind of like that weird thing where the little balls drop oh, out yes. their head when they're about to die. When I think I made so- an off-colour joke about you don't want your balls to drop in. Yeah. Or, it was sort of weird because what they said was you sort of up until a certain point, you know, everyone's fine, and mm. then suddenly you seem to have what about a week. The other thing it could be described as is losing your marbles. Oh god! But no, is that part of their physiology? Is yeah, that a body it's part? A very, it's a very strange thing. I mean, it was good. It yeah, was clever. nice and alien. And you know, this is why I like Chris Bidmead. People call it hard sci-fi or hard science. Yes, he does put a lot of real proper science into his stuff. You wouldn't compare it to say Dune or one of the foundation novels mm-hmm. or something like that but it's a lot more sciencey than Doctor Who had ever gone before mm. and I suppose that's why I was a bit at first but it is very good and Bidmead is so good at this, this is why I love Chris Bidmead even now you know I think he he does computer reviews or or things. I mean, he's still quite active in journalism. That. Fantastic. Well, a forgotten gem, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say that. Um, it's one, like I say, I haven't watched for so long, and it was just so much enjoyment out of it. Sweet. Let's choose another. Look, when I give the word, press the button. The big one? Yes, maybe it works in conjunction with the others. All right, ready for this? Telly snaps. Matt well, Smith, what could it be? All right, well, let's try and find out. Now, what could it be? The Ark. No. The Ark. What, Hartnell? Yep. Oh, yeah! It fully exists! <laughs> Were you waiting for the words in space? Oh, that would have been fucking <laughs> have been awesome. Too, as yeah. No, I like The Ark. This is great. Because I like Dodo. I do actually genuinely like that story. Because it's an... An experiment for the heart idea, isn't it? Because you get two stories. And uh, running through corridors mentioned this, of course, that you don't know as a serial viewer originally that you think it's just been a two-parter. Yeah, and you're exactly. You're back to the same place, so big twist. That's what I'm saying. Love it's it. an experiment for the Hartnell era. And they've got it's an elephant. The, oh, is it the one from Blue Peter that pisses on the floor? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to wait for the DVD extras for that bit. Stephen and Dodo, then. Yeah. This oh, is the first proper Dodo fantastic. adventure, isn't it? Because we're just after... Yeah, I think we're the just massacre. after the massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. Yeah, great. Wow! <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, thank you, Randomizer. Oh, yes. Britbox is finally, finally, the Britbox subscription is is coming into its own. Sweet. <laughs> Lovely. So, well, off to Refusis. True. Yeah. Off to... You can't refuse this. Yeah. And more Beatles jokes. God, yeah. The, <laughs> the mock top. Oh, yeah. So, technically, it's a prequel to... Uh, Time of the Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? Matt Smith again. That's how we got there somehow. Can't get away from If that's yeah. how it's going to give us Matt Smith, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Lovely jubbly. I don't have a sonic screwdriver because I'm not off on a romp. I call it what it is. 
A great loss of pomp and circumstance. So it is time for romp or pomp, which, while we have the randomizer fired up, is a very quick fire sort of selection of random stories. And we'll just say whether we think they're a kind of fun knockabout romp or a more seriously toned kind of pompy story. All right, ready? Here we go. Inferno. Oh, definitely pomp. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. And, oh no, I've I've watched it actually not that long ago. Mm -hmm. It is a very good story and uh, it's also interesting because it's, it's, I think, if I'm right, it's the first time we enter an alternative dimension in Doctor Who. Am I right? Oh, I mean, well, there is... Uh, I'm not counting the mind robber as okay. an alternative <laughs> dimension. That's you mean like parallel? With yeah, yeah, parallel, sorry. I mean, we had, like, the the Doctor looking like the Abbot of Amboise, talking of the massacre and so on. Yeah, but that's not a parallel dimension. No, true. That's still... Within our dimension. All right, and of course, the, I suppose the only romp mm. connection might be the episode of Coupling that it inspired. Oh, yeah. All right, course. moving swiftly on. The Magician's Apprentice and the Witch is familiar. Oh, it's sort of rompy pompy because it's <laughs> very funny, um, yeah. but it's also a damn good, so serious too. Rattling story and yeah. oh, I God, since broadcast. Messy. Go Jesus. back to that one again. Wonderful. The pilot, more Capaldi. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely romp. Bill that's gets introduced. Great of fun. It's a lot of, quite quite a sort of comedy introduction. Yeah, so. that whole season is fantastic. Is that where we get our doll for the first time as well? No, no. Well, we don't not for the first time because he appeared in Husbands of River Song right. and the Return of Doctor Mysterio. Mysterio yeah. But it's like his it sort of set proper, yeah. you know, yeah. companion status, as it were. Yeah, the Time Warrior, appropriately enough. Oh, uh, I'd say more, I don't know, it's sort of romp-pomp thing. You know, <laughs> we've, we've sort of got... I mean, we've got the After int- you on that fence. Romp-pomp, yeah. Uh, we've got the introduction of Sarah Jane. Yeah. We've got sort of, like, shenanigans going on with Iron Gran and, <laughs> uh, and uh, links and things, but... Yeah. Uh, but it's just good fun, and oh, it's the introduction of Sarah Jane. Yeah. What's okay. not to love? Indeed. One last one. Yeah. The Caves of Androzani. Oh, that's definitely a, a um, pomp, yeah, and sure. my God, that is a rattling episode, Lovely. isn't it? I would put it right up against Legopolis for best yeah. last story, at least yeah. in the classic era, maybe. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Lovely. That was romp or pomp. You got to challenge me, Sky Warrior! So, this brings us on to challenge time. So, I have asked Chaz to watch The Mutants, which he's never managed to. And once he's done that, he's going to give me a challenge of my own. And have you managed to watch it, my friend? Um, well, if I say to you, uh, I have a challenge for you, okay. and that's the Pepsi challenge. Oh. Uh, technically, we could sort of uh, negotiate a deal here. Because basically what happened is, I went to Iceland, mm-hmm. uh, or, the, or shop. the shop, the not, country, not right. the country, right, right. and uh, I was doing my shopping, and uh, it's become quite embarrassing, because what happened was, I walked up to the guy and he went, how many? And I went, <laughs> excuse me? And he went, Pepsi Max, and I went, oh God. And uh, I went to pay and realised that I didn't have my card with me to oh, pay. No. Then he suddenly noticed that I had the mutants with me in my back pocket because oh, I had right. to go and buy a new copy because yeah, I gave it to the to, to Timmy the chimney sweep. Cool 
want to make up my... Then I bought another copy and Lemmy destroyed it in his angst. Did he? You know. Didn't mention no. that detail. Oh, sorry, yeah. Lemmy destroyed it because he was distraught. You still owe me 150 quid, by Plus the way. Plus the cost of the mutants. Plus the cost of the mutants. So I bought another copy of the mutants and um, the guy went, oh, is that the mutants? And I went, uh, yeah. He said, the doctor? I went, yeah. Oh, God, that's the one I need to complete my collection. He said, look, mate, he said, I've been trying to get it everywhere, but every time I go to buy it, constantly at a stock. And I went, well, if you're up for it, I'd be quite willing for a swap, because I thought my, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. So this guy... Hang on a minute, where's the many in all this? Well, Wait, wait, wait. So I gave the guy because the needs of the few and he was so pleased and he let me have my Pepsi Max and then you came round and you had some, so therefore the needs of the many. So technically, technically, you have taken the Pepsi Challenge and you yourself have benefited from this so i think that i have fulfilled my challenge given the quantities you go through then you know i've probably drunk the equivalent of like the first 10 seconds of the title sequence okay but what are we actually gonna do we're gonna catch ourselves a monster it is time for Monster by Monster, so we are going to randomly select a monster or alien from a list from the BBC website and say things about them. I so, like how you inserted or alien. Yeah, well, you know, occasionally we get one and we go, what's that? All right, here we go with a random number, 164. Now, which monster would that be? Tritivores. Ah, the creatures, I think, in Planet of the Dead. The thing that looks like the Langoliers. I think it's the flying things, isn't it? It's a Stephen King book, and it's these little things that basically eat time. You know, sort of bits of time that have sort of jumped a track. I think I get them mixed up with longestines. (laughs) And these ones basically eat planets, and that's why it's a desert. They basically just eat everything. everything on the planet. Yeah. Locusts on steroids. Shell Rhyme was good. Yeah, but not so monstrous. The, um... And you ain't more mum! <laughs> yes, I am! Oh, right. Yeah, she was in the Slenders. And uh, she was the bionic woman. Was she? Yeah, she she got a show. Yeah. Uh, by, and Katie Sackhoff was in it as well. Of course she was, it was sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's do another one. What's next? Nothing to do with the fucking monsters, but there you go. That's my point. <laughs> 26, back in time. 26 is the Ice Warriors. Yay! Oh, that's quite a substantial monster. Yeah, no, that is decent. Um, I think they look great in the past. Mm. Um, even, Don't we all? You know, well, yeah, I particularly look great in the past. <laughs> but uh, in purple especially. The Ice Warriors look fantastic. Mm. I always thought it was a great design. And I was particularly pleased when they brought them back because they actually look great now and they haven't changed it too much. I'm actually different from a lot of people because I like Cold War. I like the fact that Gators said that the thing was armour and it could come out of its suit. A lot of people seem to think that diminished them. I don't think so. It just... To me, that showed how clever they were. Mm. Building the armour, a bit like Dalek, but also 
you know, they were obviously fierce warriors. Because the thing that always seemed a bit weird is I don't understand how any alien race could evolve an actual weapon, a sonic weapon. Baked into their arms. Baked into yeah. their you know, Well, that so means they were all naked if that was their skin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So being armour seemed quite sensible yeah. to me. Um, they're great. They're great in their original ones. Mm-hmm. And also they're one of the few alien races where they're not always evil. Because yeah, so you look at the Peladon stories and so on. That's such a good thing. You know, and you look at Skuldak and stuff. He only really wants to go back to his people. Yeah. But then you look at uh, Empress of Mars, and we have the the forming of uh, the Federation, yeah, and so on, and of course the return of Alpha Centauri, which I always <laughs> thought was crap, but I must admit, I practically nearly wet myself <laughs> when I heard the voice. I was so pleased. Yeah, I remember them most fondly in First from Seeds of Death, not Seeds of Doom. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, but because uh, that was on VHS, I only watched the original Ice Warriors story as a reconstruction. Hmm. Partly, I think bits of it exist. I forget. It's animated. Again, I probably watched the the recon before the animation ah, right. happened. Hmm. Um, I've uh, been right. unlucky in my timing that way. <laughs> but that's uh, you know great strong stories. You can see why they came back. They've got such oh. presence. Yeah, no, and they are great. A different sort of story. It's um, it's also good that they don't always just have to crank up the heat to defeat them. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that they were originally scheduled to appear in Terminus? I did not. Hmm? Yeah. Because that particular season. Every episode was supposed to have a returning yeah. enemy because it was the 20th. I got the Garm instead, my favourite. Oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> Shall we do one more monster? Probably the fucking Garm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be just so peachy. Probably. One, three, two. It's the Garm. Oh, I would love it if it's the Garm. One, three, two. It's the Gut. No, it's <laughs> the Destroyer. Oh, from Battlefield. Battlefield yeah. Oh, wow. Great monster underused. Yeah, That's I mean, really, it appears, what, in the last ten minutes? And it's far too easily defeated. Oh, well, it actually technically appears at the end of episode three, but it basically does a lot of just walking about and goes, I'll destroy this. That. I don't even remember it walking about, to be honest. I just remember it standing mm-hmm. in a corner. And... I mean, it was great prosthetics, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, sort of animated quite well, but like you say, completely underused. Yeah. It's a damn it's a shame. shame. I do love Nicholas Courtney, but I believe he was right about killing the Brigadier. Because that was on the cards, wasn't In it? that story, yeah. and I think... What a way to go. Probably had a lot more impact, and the destroyer would have been a much more effective yeah, monster for all exactly, of that. Because he he basically would have had that outing of, I just do the best I can, you know, and that's the brigadier going out on a high, yeah. you know. But you know, we got him as the Cyberman later on instead. What the hey? Oh yeah, well that obviously fixes everything. <laughs> it's the end. But the moment has been prepared for. Nine times out of ten. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get in touch or if you've found an unusual use for a walk, we can be contacted by email at randomizerpodcast at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash randomizer, or follow us on Twitter at randomizerpod. And in all cases, that's randomizer... With an S, not a Z. Do you know, when I was a kid... I had a part in a play, and I only had a few lines, and you've taken practically all my fucking lines away from this, so I am going to milk every second of that.
come on. That's gold. <laughs> it's yeah, comedy gold. It's the sort of gold that should be flushed. You'll have to say all of that again. Well, the whole cast bed me thing? No, the whole podcast.